1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 17 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with the wonderfully talented Gina Militia. How are you, Gina?
2: I'm great, Val. How are you going? What's been happening in your world? Oh,
1: what's been happening in my world? I've been running around like a chook with my head cut off. (laughs) Really? Because, yes, at the end of the week, I'm going overseas. So you know what it's like before you go overseas. It's just like so many things to do. Um, probably didn't help that on Sunday I spent about five hours trying to get that shot of my pet for that photo competition <laughs> right. yeah. of my cat Rex. And I did follow your um, suggestion actually. So listeners, if you haven't caught up, I'm, I've entered this competition where you need to – it's only a little one, it's just for fun – where you need to have a photograph of your cat with a particular brand of shoe. And um, you know, because I want to win some shoes, right? And, uh, so Gina um, gave me some suggestions of uh, getting that, um, you know, uh, uh, tussled sheets. Yeah. Uh, just got out of bed. Yeah. Just you know what kind of look. Yeah, yeah. But you know, <laughs> with my, but with my cat lying on in his back, you uh-huh. know, amidst the white sheets, and with the yeah. croissant and the coffee and orange yeah. juice and the shoes, sort of just with tossed um into the photo Uh and so i styled this shot i went out and went to the shop and went one croissant please Uh (laughs) and brought it all the way back oh my god this whole thing took forever Uh got the tray out got beautiful crystal glasses out of storage (laughs) to put the orange juice in put the you know (laughs) croissant there made it some tea for some contrasting color tried to muss up the sheets just so yeah well, the so cat refused to go on his back. Of course. Of course <laughs> refused to do anything. Is this Rex? The yeah, favourite? Rex, yeah. yes, wanted him to do. So yeah. this took an incredible amount of time. And because I wanted to get that shot sort of from above, yeah. I was, you know, teetering around on the bed, about to fall, standing on the bed, about yeah. to fall off. In yeah. the end, I had to give up standing on the bed and stand on a stool thing. On the side of the bed. But, um, look, eventually I got a shot. It wasn't the shot. (laughs) But that's okay. You have to improvise with these things. And I have to say he did get that real Zoolander look.
2: Of course he did. Yes.
1: Yeah. So So you think it's a winner? I don't know. We find out in three days.
2: Oh, my God. Mm. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But,
1: you know, I have looked at the other entries and they're pretty damn good. So... Oh, you know, at, at least I had a go.
2: You had a go, and that's the main thing. So yes. it's like, if not this contest, it'll be the next yeah, one. Yeah, the next oh. one.
1: But, you know, thank you for your advice. So, <laughs> what have you been up to this week?
2: All right. So, um,. Surfing around on the internet. So the other day I had a full day of uh, retouching, it was like a, a rainy Sunday, and I thought, well, while I'm doing that, I'm going to entertain myself. So I stumbled across – I love watching biographies. about oh, yeah. So I stumbled across one by Joan Rivers about her life, Right. right. And which was like that's all fine and enjoying that, but in the in the in the doco she um, stumbles across this uh, woman that she meets, a photographer wh- whose name is um, Flo, mm. right? And um, this woman is like I was so inspired by this woman's work. She's like. Uh, a 69-year-old uh, photographer who's uh, completely paralysed and she's legally blind. She was diagnosed with MS when she was 30, oh, wow. and she now um, goes around New York so like she's she documented New York for like the last 40 years, right? And she now goes around with strangers in attendance who um, take the photos for her. So she'll just like, cause she can see a little bit, right? And yeah. she'll go right over there, point the camera there, take the shot. And um. so she's saying how sometimes she gets uh, a bit put off that the like they miss the shot a little bit and she has to crop it, but she's still out there getting them. And she's wow. like, her, in, her quote is, I like to prove that even though I'm a total cripple, I can still take fantastic photos. so, so inspired by yeah. it. But when she was younger, she snuck into the World Trade Center. She bluffed her way in. Right. right. And she's like, got her camera. She's like, I'm here to photograph the building. They let her in <laughs> and um, they gave her the hard hat. She goes right up to the top and she wanted to get a shot over the edge. So she asked one of the guys to hold onto her legs.
1: Oh my God. And she hung
2: over the edge and oh she gets the God. shot. The thing that freaked me out was like I'm looking through her photos and I put a link to the in the show notes to an interview that she did recently but there's a whole um, – her photos are amazing, like so gritty and inspiring. I love the way she says – but there's one that she did in the village, in East Village of uh, the, the famous cigar shop there in New York and I see her photo and I'm like, hang on a minute, I've seen that shop before and I look through my New York photos and I've got one that's similar to it. Wow. So kind of so in awe. She's You're like, like related. Well, no, but it's just <laughs> like I find that like, you know, there's no ex- – and then the other thing she, that she said that resonated with me so much is like, I tend to like ignore my own beautiful city of Melbourne because I see it all the time.
1: Yeah. But
2: They're like, how do you get such great photos? She's like, I'm a tourist every day in my own town. So if you can walk around with fresh eyes – you you and see like a tourist and see the wonder in your city, then you can start getting the great shots, and that's what she's done. So, like, check her out. I think I think her 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 work is really inspiring and amazing. And there's actually a documentary that Riley Hooper did about her a couple of years ago called Flo. So you know if that sort of resonates, so, her
1: yeah, name, check it out. Her name is Flo Fox, so that's F L O yep. Fox, and we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, but before we move on to this week's um topic I just want to shout out to at Chief Ian. So hi Ian. Uh I didn't get your name uh mention your name last at the end of last week's episode as being the guy who um is not only uh, you know, giving us lots of tips and everything. But yeah. also you showed me your YouTube video of your of, of your cat doing a high five and <laughs> that's next weekend. Well, actually, R- after oh, I come that, back from overseas. Is that
2: next week's exercise <laughs> going to teach uh, Rexy how to high five?
1: Exactly. <laughs> <Give Val. laughs> Thanks I'm for trying. that, Chief Ian. <laughs> Thanks, Chief <laughs> Ian. <creating a> monster. <laughs> so this week we're talking about how to use flash. Now so many photographers, myself included, yeah, uh, have a bit of a phobia when it comes to flash.
2: Yeah. cellophobia.
1: Cellophobia. <laughs>
2: it's an abnormal fear or dislike of flashes of light.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> so why do you think that is?
2: Um, well, I know why I had a fear of flash. It's just that whole techie side of it. It's 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 it feels like you can't control the um, the outcome, and I think with most people, the first time they use it, the results are. Uh, are not amazing you know the flash output is often too strong and people look a bit ugly and it's hard to control so it's just that lack of understanding there's
1: lots of different kinds of flash so are we gonna talk about them all this podcast or are we gonna just narrow it down or
2: no, I want to get into it, like, get into some detail in this podcast. So, this huh? podcast, I want to talk about um, using uh, speed lights, which are the little portable flashes that sit on top of an SLR camera yep. and they're mounted via the little hot shoe. So, that's yes. a, they're called a little speed light. How to use those? I'm going to give you some hacks of how to use them when you use them on the camera, but then we're going to get it off and uh, <laughs> show you how to use them. <laughs> Off the camera as well.
1: Okay. So, and but other kinds of flashes we'll talk about in another
2: Yes, episode? we will. We'll do right. another episode on all the other and um, all the different kinds of lighting styles that you can use. So, this one, this today is all about using speed lights.
1: Right. So, what do we need to know about speed lights? I suppose in the first instance, when do you use them?
2: All right. So... All the time, basically. So, mostly when I'm using a speed light, um, I use them for about, I don't know, 20 to 30% of, of my photo shoots, okay? And so, mostly when I'm using them on the camera. Even
1: in the studio? Uh,
2: it's usually never in the studio because I've always got time. And so, it's like the occasions when on the camera, it's when I'm doing in an event, mm-hmm. right? Because it's often like you'll have, you know, like a royal family standing there. It's, like, <laughs> it's going to be hard to go, Your, Your highness. do you mind just just stand, hold this while my assistant gets the, yeah, just stand there. Just like, it's all right. You, you can wait. Mm-hmm. It's not possible to do stuff like that. So those those events or openings or the, where I have to just shoot quickly, yeah. I'll have the flash on camera and, and that's how I shoot, you know. Uh, and often a lot of photographers use them for weddings and, uh, you know, all those sorts of party, festive kind of it, where there's lots of people and you've got to work quickly, flash on camera is ideal. Where I'll take it off the camera is like ideally when I'm travelling now that – Airplanes have gotten so um, strict on the amount of luggage that we can all take (laughs) on board and with us. So it's it's really difficult to actually take all my lighting gear, which is what I used to do. And particularly if I'm like overseas and I want to be doing lots of uh, you know environmental portraits out and about. I really love using speed lights. And, and, and sometimes if I'm in, like, I have to do a shoot in a tiny, tiny area, you, can't, you just don't have room to bring a big light in. And often those big uh, monoblocks, which is what the other style of flash is called, they're just too powerful. Yeah. So sometimes I just want to put, like, a little tick, tick of light into an area. Yeah. Speed lights, because you can dial them right down when you take them off camera, are absolutely perfect.
1: So explain what you mean by take them off camera.
2: Okay, so basically, when you take, uh, you can take the. So it's a little block. I should I should tell you um, what what kinds that you can get as well. Okay. So um, you can get like your, your typical like Canon and and Nikon have their own brand. It, like every basic every camera has their own brand yes. of speed light, and uh, you know they're around. Three, four, five hundred dollars, depending on the size. So the size of the flash will be the output, how much uh, power it puts out. Yep. But there's this really good brand, and it's a Chinese uh, knockoff of both the Canon and the Nikon's. They're, it, they look exactly the same, and it's called the Yongnuo. Not Yong, Yong Nuo YN five sixty two. I so never know how to pronounce it. I'll put the w- link in the. That's
1: Y O N G N U O. What Yong, do you reckon that? Yong Nuo.
2: Yong Nuo. <laughs> so it wasn't far off, was I? Okay. Um, <laughs> and they're about 50 to $80. Wow. And they do exactly the same. So, okay. and They're really good. They're really good flashes. I think they're just missing a few of the extra features, but basically you can work them in completely manual. Uh, I don't think they're as good in the uh, shooting fully automatic mode, but for this purpose, we don't need them to be. We want them to be fully manual. All right, so uh, that, that would be the, the best kind to get. Um, and the other thing that you want to look at when you're using uh, portable f- uh, flash lighting, like the speed lights, is that you've got, like, good fresh batteries in your camera, right, yep. in, and in your, in your lights, yep. and they can get expensive. Oh, yeah. Like, so if you're doing lots and lots of events... And, and they wear out and you're throwing them away, not good for the environment. So I've discovered um, and I've tested out a few different kinds, rechargeable batteries, right And the ones I use are loop and uh, i'm not I'm not paid to say this. <laughs> I paid good money for that. you can, you pay about twenty five dollars for four, which is a lot. Yeah. but think about it. You know, in the, if, if you're shooting an event every week or every couple of weeks, that's a packet of batteries, which is about $10. You're going to make that money back really quickly. And they last just as long. Right. And you're just recharging them. So I've got about, I think I've got about 20 of them. and wow. I just Yeah, I just keep them charged. So I've always got like a set of, you know, 8 or 16. And I've got them in all my AA devices okay. that I use. So worth considering. Yeah. There's other kinds. The cheaper kinds maybe run out a bit quicker, don't last as long, and then, you know, with rechargeables, how they lose their charge after a while, they're not very good. These ones are great. Okay,
1: great. All right? Any loop. Any loop.
2: Yes, they're awesome. Okay, so on-camera flash, right? Yes.
1: It can no, be… No, hang on, you didn't answer my question. which What was your question? Um, explain what you mean by when you take it off-camera.
2: Okay, so when you take the flash off camera, it's it's away from the hot shoe, yes. and you've got it set up. You've either got someone holding the flash for you, yep. um, or it's set up on a stand. And the way that flash fires is if you've actually got a a remote trigger or a radio slave attached to the flash, and 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 one on the camera that that'll that'll fire that remotely. So it's like a remote control for your flash. So when you um, press the shutter on your camera, the flash goes off.
1: Right. And the reason you can take it off camera is because of the positioning of the light that you want to, whatever you want to light up.
2: So then you can position the light um, to the side of the person, behind them, you know, you could be like shooting on a 200mm lens 100 metres away yeah, and you could have the flash right up next to them. Great. Okay. Okay? So suddenly it opens up this whole new world of photography, which we'll get into. Okay. First, let's cover... When you're a newbie to all of this, taking your flash off camera at the start is a bit overwhelming. So my suggestion is that, like, you start you master using flash on camera because it's something that you're still going to need to do because there's still going to be those occasions um, where you just don't have a choice. You know, the light is like, I don't think there's any situation like if you're shooting it at, at night, a lot of people nowadays, because the cameras are so good, they've gotten so sensitive that they can just crank up the ISO to 2,000 or 4,000 ISO and just shoot available light. Mm. The problem with that for portraits and if you're using group shots, it's not it's not that flattering. If you've got like really low, soft, soft, moody light and suddenly you've got a lot of noise and people look grainy, yeah, it's not it's not a clean light on the skin and I, I don't love it. Okay. I don't mind if I'm using it if I'm at an event and it's inside and there's beautiful light streaming through the windows, mm-hmm. then fine, great, it's perfect. But if you're say heavily backlit, right? You, there is no amount of, like, cranking up the ISO that's going to clean up that skin tone. Yeah. the other thing that's missing when you're doing that is you're not going to have a nice catch light in the eyes. That little sparkle that makes the eyes look alive yeah. has to be there. So even if you're just popping in a tiny bit of flash to give that little sparkle, it's worth doing with, you know, a, a little bit of flash, flash on camera if you're in that sort of situation. So um, I think it's worth mastering. Oh. The problem with using your 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 flash on camera, and most people will just go straight into P for program. Yeah, uh, I think it's P for program on on most cameras, which is it means that you just it's like fully automatic, completely. You just point and shoot, right? Yeah, yep. is it's like there's a guy called Hans <laughs> in the factory. Yeah, who programs all the flashes. Okay. <laughs> to Hans' specifications.
1: Okay. Have you met
2: Hans? (laughs) No, but I just know that he does this. All right. So, like, I've got this coffee machine, Val, and it's mm-hmm. like you've had coffee from this machine. It's yeah. a whiz-bang coffee machine. It makes really good coffee, right? Yes. It, you put the beans in, it grinds them. Yeah. You can choose whatever, like, you know, uh, kind of ground, ground ground that you like yeah. and then it will fill, you can ha- even pick how long you want, long black, short black, whatever, and then it zhuzhes the milk. <laughs> Zhuzh is a technical term <laughs> and you get the perfect Caffè Latte. Yes. Okay? And that was for the th- several Italians that listened. Did you know that we rate in Italy?
1: Yep. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Caffè Latte per tutti i mi miei cugini che uh, ascoltano oggi. See that? I just busted out my Italian. Oh, right, cool. So... so, so and actually, Val speaks Italian better yeah. than I do, which is quite embarrassing.
1: Sono intelligente. Yeah. And
2: when I was in Italy and I busted out my Italian, they're looking at me going, what language are you speaking? You don't,
1: don't, you don't conjugate your verbs.
2: I don't. You, what did I you know? You had a go at me once,
1: didn't you? <laughs> so. We digress. Coffee. I've had coffee from that machine. And okay. your point? So.
2: I've got it down to to exactly how I like my coffee. It's perfect, and every single coffee that I make with that machine is exactly how I like it.
0: Mm. But
2: when we first got that coffee machine, Guido at the <laughs> coffee machine factory, right, yeah. had already preset it.
1: Do you think Guido and Hans are related? Possibly. Yeah.
2: Right? They went to the same school of tech that, that pre programs machines, right? And so what he'd done is he'd made the, 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 the coffee uh, too strong for my liking mm. and the ground was like a little bit too coarse and the zhuzh too bubbly,
1: mm.
2: okay? So I could have just kept going like that and had those coffees and just settled for them because they're okay. There's nothing wrong with them, mm. but it's not how I like it. Okay. Same with the flash and shooting on, on auto everything when you use a camera. Hans has preset it. He wants to tell you that this is what you want your skin to, tone to look like, mid-grey, and he's pre- predetermined the flash that when you're this far from the camera, it'll set out this r- little red beam that hits the, hits the skin tone, comes back and tells the camera how much flash to throw in, and that's what you get back is Hans. It's all Hans. Okay. Do you want to shoot like Hans or do you want to shoot like you?
1: Yeah, right. No, I I don't want to shoot like Hans. So are you suggesting I program it differently?
2: So there's some hacks that we can do to overcome that. So first of all, get your flap, have a play, shoot with it. You're going to get perfectly, perfectly fine shots, but perfectly fine is just perfectly fine, perhaps a little beige.
1: And okay. seriously, everyone, the, if it only's costing you f- between fifty to eighty bucks, because I've just looked it up on Amazon for those Yongnuo know, yeah, yeah. speed lights, yeah. get them. I mean, yeah, yeah. experiment, fantastic, and, and I'm less. Getting you can get them tomorrow. less
2: for secondhand. You know, are you going to get one? Yeah, I'll buy yeah, one. Yeah, cool, cool, 50 cool. Bucks. Yeah, I know. Um, so there's some some hacks that we can use to actually make flash on camera a bit better. All right. So um, the the flashlight that comes out of the flash, if you just put it on like naked flash, mm. it's hard. Mm. And you've seen it and you just have to like you just see what the i like smartphone flashes oh, like yeah. when you look ugly. Like right? shadowy, so so your highlights are very bright and your shadows are very dark. So it's yes. very contrasting. Yes. So there is in most of those flashes, there is like a little built in diffuser that slides out and over the flash. That's a start. And then you've got a little white card that slides out and that just diffuses and softens the flash. So you can start by using that. Mm-hmm. There's these little plastic black, do- white domes that you can actually slide over the flash, right? And mm-hmm. they soften the, f- the flash as well. so do you so, get them? Uh, at the, okay, any, any online, I don't even know what they're called. I will find out and put it in the show <laughs> notes. But they're just these little, pla- I told you I'm techie. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: They're little plastic black
2: like over. Yeah, right? <laughs> you put those on. Tracing paper over the flash as well will also soften the what, light. What, you
1: mean just stick some? Just
2: stick some over the flash bit, Okay. Okay.
1: Just yep. cut it out and Cut it take out, or. stick
2: it on, flatten okay. your tracing paper, try using three or grease, you know, anything that's going to diffuse the light, that, that's beautiful. Try experiment with some different kinds, okay? You can actually buy little tiny soft boxes. Oh, yes. And this is my preferred uh, way of shooting. You can get some really sexy ones as well that pop up and they're just like they're beautiful and they're quite large uh, and then you can get smaller ones. So obviously, again, we And they're explain, cheap. They're cheap. They're
1: like
2: $7. Smaller the softbox, mm. the harder the light. So you try and get one that's as big as possible. Just remember, though, when you've got your flash set up on your camera and then another softbox, they tend to keep dropping down and the softbox will fall in front of the... The, the sensor, the autofocus right. sensor. So you've got to make sure that you get one that's got a cutout in it so that the sensor can still get through because when I first got one, that did my head in because I didn't realise why I couldn't focus in dark nightclubs mm. <laughs> because my sensor wasn't working. Um, the other way is you can just like bounce the light, put, tilt the flash up so yes. that it bounces into the ceiling and then the flash just, because um, remember last week we talked about how light goes in a straight line? Yes. Okay, so we bounce it straight into a, if it's a white ceiling, it'll bounce up and then it'll spread flash around. So you get it. So we're just trying to soften the lighting and not make it that harsh Rabbit in a spotlight look. Yep. Okay? Yep. Or you can use some white card and bounce it in. I've seen people turn the flash to the side so that it hits a wall to the side of them and then bounces back into the people that they're trying to photograph. What happens Worth if
1: experimenting. you've got black walls or dark walls? You wouldn't
2: do it with that because it's not gonna work. It's just gonna bounce in. And and so sometimes I use like if I'm shooting events, sometimes I will just have like my eighty five and I'll have it set at say one point uh, eight or f two, right? And then I will shoot. I just want a tiny, 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 tiny amount of flash. I don't even actually want it to, to light them up. I just want it for the little dick in the eyes, dink, dink. And so I just, like, will have it, like, facing straight up and just so I get, like, a tiny bit of flash just to clean it up. You know, dick.
1: That's, a, that's yeah. a technical term too, isn't
2: it? That's another technical term. I've got yes. so many of them. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So with your camera we're shooting... Uh, set your camera to manual mode and you want your flash to TTL. So what that does is no matter what you uh, set your camera to setting, so you'll set your uh, F-stop and you'll set your shutter speed, the flash will – Hans, clever boy (laughs) that he is, has programmed the flash – to know that, okay, they're shooting F4 at 1125th i I'm going to put in this much flash for you. Yeah. So it's a good guy, Hans, to do that he's for He's trying. He is trying. Yeah. Okay. The problem is, even though he's worked out all of that, even when you're shooting manual on the camera, Hans is a bit heavy-handed with the flash sometimes. Yeah. A bit heavy-handed, and he goes for that sort of rabbit in the spotlight. That's what he's got it set to when you do it at full power. So he's always putting flash in at full power. So the way to override that is you can actually manually um, make the flash actually go if you want to override what Hans is doing. You can put more flash in or less, okay, so you can dial it down and I would suggest that if you're shooting this way, you dial your flash down a third to two-thirds of a stop, Mm okay, okay, and so, basically, then what Hans has given you, you've, you've turned it down a little bit. It's not going to be as harsh. It's going to look a lot better. Cool.
1: That makes okay. sense. Yep. Yeah. In so, what instance would you dial it up? Uh, so, dial it
2: up, sometimes using my soft boxes, mm-hmm. I find that uh, the ones that I have are a little bit too
1: thick Oh, yeah.
2: And the light actually that comes through with the sensor, it's because it's like Hans has set it to, he didn't realise I would have, because he's not a mind reader. <laughs> he didn't realise I would have just like a flash, you know, he, he didn't know I would have a softbox. So yes. it's not enough. So I yep. might go a third over okay. for the face. Okay.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. All right. Got it. So that you
2: covered that. So that's when we're working with the flash on camera. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of the stuff up.
1: that Gina's mentioned, I've been looking it up as she's uh, been talking about it. You can get them, you know, basically from Amazon. the the little The little soft boxes for seven bucks. Those flashes yep. for fifty to seventy bucks. What,
2: what are the boxes called?
1: Soft boxes, <laughs> the little plastic
2: box. What's that called?
1: Oh, diffusers. The the yeah. little white diffusers. There. Yeah, there and you go. It's Yong No also also um, carry the white flash diffusers, and they're yeah. they're about three bucks. So so you get them all in one and, go. You could yeah. get the soft
2: Fantastic. box, the flash, and yeah, the whole the whole lot in one take.
1: It's great. Yeah. Okay, so what about when we're shooting, you know, portraits with. With
2: our speed lights. Okay. So the thing with, like, if you want to take your photos to the next level, okay, you're always going to be limited if you just keep the camera, the flash on the camera, okay? There's only so much you can do. So if you want to, like, really get some interesting light happening, okay, you got to take your flash off camera. Okay. All right? And this is where it gets interesting and exciting, a bit, overwhelming at first just to think about it but when it's like you break it down it's pretty easy and it's just a matter of like experimenting a bit
1: yeah
2: and uh you could master it in in like an hour
1: okay cool
2: all right so and and this these are the steps i i use when i'm doing uh every every single shoot when i'm shooting flash off camera all right so basically there's a list of gear that you need. It, 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 there's a couple of things that you need to, to have okay. to actually make this happen. Okay. So, firstly, obviously, we need the speed light. Yes. Okay. So, sure.
1: we've, we've got them.
2: We've, we've speed got lights. them. All right. The thing that you need as well, and now there's also uh, some of the newer models of Flash uh, have it built in uh, – Sensors, So, like, you can have two flashes, say, like, you have two Canon flashes or two Nikon flashes. They actually both speak to each other. So you could have one on your camera and one off camera. Okay. Right, and they will uh, they talk to each other and you can uh, shoot like that. You don't need a trigger to actually make them work. Right. Right? So, but if you don't have that and you've got the older model of flash or you want to uh, use these, uh, like, Yoganos. what? Are they, how do you say it? <laughs> young
1: no. It's <laughs> just called the
2: the oh berries.
1: <laughs> young no, it's not that hard. Young young no. <laughs> oh my god! You can call them yoganoes. There you go. <laughs> Yoganos.
2: <laughs> so if you've got though that brand of um, flash, you'll need a like something to trigger them, them off. Okay, so you can either use uh, like a radio slave or a remote trigger, or even cheaper, you can actually get a sync cord that, that goes from the camera to the flash. So it's a, like cool. a PC adap- adapted cord yep. and one one attaches to the camera, one attaches to the flash. The problem with that is you've got a cable between yes. and you're outside. Someone's going to knock it over. It's going to get <laughs> ugly. So, But if you're just testing this out at home, this is a good cheap way to maybe get you started, all okay, right, cool. with the speed lights. Okay, so
1: um, – so we have a speed light, and we've got our either sync cord, yep, or or a radio slave, yeah, some okay. kind of trigger. Mm-hmm.
2: So, and the, the radio ones are the, the best because they go around corners and, and anywhere they'll hmm. they like you could be uh, I've been like a couple hundred meters away and set it up and it fires and uh, you know it, it works every time. Uh, the next cheaper ones are the infrared ones. Um, and and they'll do it as well, but they're sensitive. And I think I've talked about this before, where I was once on a tennis court, and yeah, uh, yeah they fired off by like a, a forklift, I think. Mm. So um, now I use. I started off with a thirty-dollar set, and 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 uh, and then and I've worked my way up. I've got pocket wizards now, and they fire every time. I can't afford to miss shots right. now, so I've got those, and and they work really well. So
1: tell
2: us about pocket wizards. So pocket wizards are like. Well, they're one of the ants' pants of like the remote triggers, and they're you know two or three hundred dollars uh, each per unit to buy. So I've got six of them now, and I can have them um, you know on all my different lights, set in all different corners, and I, and I know that I can take a hundred frames, and a hundred frames are going to fire. Right. You know, yes. because it's always that one shot where it's misfired that was the money shot, unfortunately. So, you know, but I did start off with a cheap set and it it worked for me perfectly, like a $30 set. And again, our friends at... Yo No <laughs> <laughs> young No yes <laughs> they've got a thirty dollar set
1: you yes can buy okay. and yeah
2: if and you do want um, a pocket wizard it is between hundred
1: and eighty and 200 bucks.
2: okay and then they've brought in like a budget they budget ones, they've got all sorts of ones you can get them with um uh, they've, they've got LED they're really cool, they're really cool. so uh, the other thing you need is there's either the traditional light stand yep okay to to put your actual light on. And, and you can get those from, from $20 to $200, and they're much like, you know, tripods. You could probably use one of your tripods to put your light on. <laughs> Same thing. It'll work for you just yeah. as well, okay? Yeah. Um, so you can use a traditional light stand, or you can also use, there's a really good voice-activated stand.
1: Are you serious?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a friend holding the light for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good – yeah, okay. I can get all one of those. All right, so Cheaper. you can find one of those. Um, and then Very high-tech. Yeah, very
2: high-tech. And then there's also like you can get these things called Gorilla Pods where they're like these little tiny stands and they're bendy and you can like hang lights off doors with them and things like that. They're about $20. They're pretty cool. Another thing that I like to use is I use the voice-activated stand with like a monopod. And then I attach the um, the light to the end of it and then uh, because I love to light my shots from above and directly in front of people so yeah. that I'm just like lighting the face for a portrait and so that way there's no light stand in the shot yeah. and you've just got uh, the voice activated like stand little, just stands off to the distance. And like then a, the,
1: using it like, like a, a boom. boom. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right, And so that works really well um, as well. And, you know, again, that could be a stick, a broom handle <laughs> will work as well. You just, you can, you know, t- gaffer tape the light to the end of it <laughs> and, and tie it on. So whatever works. Um, so cool. On the end of the light, you can actually mould and shape the light as well for, for, and make it like whatever you want. So um, if you want really hard light... So if you're outside and it's bright sunlight, that's hard light. You want to match that so you want to have uh, something that's very similar to overpower the sun as well. So like a naked flash for that would be something that would probably work really well. If you're outside and it's uh, overcast light and so it's nice soft light, you you probably want to um, have a kind of light that is more sympathetic with that kind of light. So that's where I would put a softbox or Mm. a diffuser or an umbrella. Now, I don't love umbrellas as a light source. In fact, I hate them. Why? Well, um, first of all, it's – and, okay, I'll say this, but (laughs) they're a really good way to learn about how to light because – Using an umbrella is like, um, you know when you've got a hose and you turn, you know how you've got the, the nozzle and you can either have it at uh, at like a, a, a sh- sort of hard spray or you can spread how far it sprays? Yeah. So having an umbrella is basically like it's set to like spray everywhere. It just goes yes. at a really wide angle. So so it just sends light. Every, so if you're just trying to light. For the it, well, it's not even just the ding. Say if you've got a portrait and you all you want to do, all I want to do is just, like, put a, like a light half the face mm, mm, and mm. I want the other side to go in shadow. Mm. An umbrella's not going to do that. It's going to light the face mm. and then it's going to light whatever's behind. Yeah, and every, it just it's like it's like a, a hose. It just sprays everywhere. Okay. Okay, but a good start to like – because they're cheap as well. The other thing about umbrellas that I don't love when you're outside is if you've got an umbrella and a a speed light – and this has happened to me – on a stand outside, tiny little – someone just has to breathe. Mm. That's enough to to blow the whole thing over basically. So they're they're dangerous. So if you're outside, just beware if you're outside, you've got your speed light on a stand. If you don't have the voice-activated model um, (laughs) – You have your speed light on a the stand then put, a, like, a weight around the bottom of the um, yeah. the stand so that it, it doesn't blow over.
1: Yeah, your sandbags.
2: Right. The ha- homemade sandbags or chains or, you know, whatever, or even just get two empty um, two-litre bottles. That just carry them around with you and your kit. Keep them empty. When you get to the location, you tie a couple of bits of string around each bottle, fill them with water, Okay. Yep. And tie those around, just wrap those around the bottom of your stand. Not sexy looking. No. <laughs> but a good MacGyver hack, there's a sandbag for you. Excellent. Like it's just like just as heavy and it works really
1: well. Water bag.
2: A water bag, actually, mm. and it'll keep your you stand in place. So then like another thing you can have is like I prefer like small, you can get medium-sized soft boxes. mm Okay, and I've got one that actually the photographer Joe McNally invented, and it's perfect for just the speed light. It sets up really quickly. It pops up, and the light out of this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I use on my speed light when I'm shooting that kind of thing. Okay, oh, and okay. then of course you've got your camera with it. You know, it needs to have the hot shoe mount. Wait, to be wait able sorry,
1: to shoot can this. you just say which? Which what's the name of the softbox that you use?
2: Well, I've got a McNelly, and another one okay. that I also use is a there's a LumiQuest uh, mini softbox, and the advantage of that, and I often use that if I'm traveling, is it that, that folds down flat, and it's kind of really small and That's fits great. into my uh, portable case as well. And there's again, there's lots of them around, but yeah. like I started out with this little LumiQuest, and there's different sizes that you can get. But yeah, it's, it's only about thirty dollars. Exactly, is that they uh, they fold down really flat, so great. they're Awesome.
1: Okay. All right. that's great.
2: Okay. You so, always get
1: the impression that lighting gear is, costs heaps more than the stuff that you've been discussing. It, well, we're starting what, out,
2: well, I'm giving you all the good, the, you know, the, the, the good little hacks. Yeah, it's great. To get, to get into it. So, and, yeah. and you know, you could do, and you're not going to notice the difference. If you do this right, it, looks, it always looks high end because mm. of the technique that you're using. Mm. So, right?
1: take me through step by step. What do I do with my speed light? I've got my gear now. Okay. I will have by next week. I've written all of this down. Um, how do, what do I do?
2: All right. So for everyone who's listening to this, it's going to make a lot more sense if you now go to the show notes and have a look at the uh, two images that I've uploaded so that you can see the before and after. So I'll describe them as best I can, but if you get a chance and you can go and check them out, it's really going to help you sort of uh, get your head around this as well, okay? So basically... And the show
1: notes can be found at ginamilitia.com.
2: Right, okay. Um, So basically the first thing I do... Okay, so this is based on uh, we're going to shoot a portrait outside. Okay, Okay? yep. Okay, so the first thing I do is I want to take... Uh, a reading of the the entire setting so in this case I've got a shot in the show notes we've got a shot of uh, a, a very handsome man Harley Bonner this is from a neighbor shoot that I did and he's uh, a guy wearing a suit and uh, he's uh, standing on a skateboard in a laneway right we spent 40 minutes clearing all the bins about <laughs> one the there it was bin day I was so I'm like oh God, it's bin day. I found this perfect location. Anyway, okay. So, the image on the left shows uh, the first shot I take is I've taken an ambient reading of the overall location. Okay, and I want it to be. I want my background. So that you get that little bit of contrast between the two the shots, I want my background to be a little bit darker yep. than it than it than it would be if I was shooting for skin tone. So yep. I'm shooting, I'm taking a reading for my background. Okay. Yes. So for that, in this case, I'm shooting long lens. I'm shooting at two hundred. Okay. So I'm right back, well back from from my subjects, filling filling the frame. And at full, uh, I'm on my 70 to 200 and I'm at 200 millimetres. My reading is it's, I'm shooting at F4, I'm at 100 ISO and I'm shooting at one one twenty fifth of a second. Okay.
1: So Gina's basically shooting this in a laneway where, yep. the, where Harley Bonner, the guy in question, yep. is wearing a suit, but the laneway is really grungy yep. and he's... Riding a skateboard. He's riding a skateboard towards camera. Yeah, yeah, towards the camera. So behind, he's on the laneway, but behind Harley is a series of, you know, garage doors and grungy kind of look. Now, Gina, what time of day was this so we can get an idea?
2: Okay, so so the look of the shot, if you look at it, it looks like um, it was taken at uh, probably just before the sun was setting, right? Just like, you know, at dusk. Yeah. Because it's kind of dark. Yeah. But this was taken at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Really? Yes. Okay. Now, the thing with um, shooting like this mm. is when you take your reading and you're using flash, you use your shutter speed to control the ambient light, mm-hmm. your shutter speed. So if you take a reading and you look at your background and you you think, I want my background to be a bit darker, mm. I want that grungier look, shoot at a faster shutter speed. Yep. Okay, and that's going to uh, make your shot a bit darker. Now, you, what thing you need to remember is what sync speed your your flash and camera work at. Okay, so um, there's th- there's things you can do. You can shoot. Uh, um, up to 200 or 250, depending on the camera, a 250th of a second. And there's things that you can do that you can override and you can use high sync, but we'll go into that another time. But just you need to work out because if you shoot at a faster sync speed that your camera syncs, that, so that's the, the speed at which the, the curtain opens and closes. Yep. At the back of the camera. Yep. If you shoot faster than that, you're going to get like a, a, a third of the frame or in grey because the curtain didn't open quick enough. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you've got to be aware of that. Yep. So, All right. So I've taken my reading and I've got my shot on the left and it's like the background is like nice and dark. Uh, the problem is that my model, it's a bit um, dirty on his face.
1: Mm.
2: Okay? Now, to dark. fix... Yeah, the the lights do I call it dirty light. It's just like muddy and it's like you can't see. So it's a bit it's too grungy for my liking, yeah. okay? So now I can fix that. I can open up a stop. I could go to, you know, F2.8. But what's going to happen is the whole shot overall is going to be brighter. brighter yeah. And if I open up, he'll be he'll be correctly exposed and he'll look great because he's about a stop under at this point. Right? The other option, which is much sexier, is just by I can add, a, a, like a stop of light into his face, mm. right, and just light just his face and the side of his uh, suit with a little softbox, which mm. is what I've done. So basically, I've uh, called in a voice-activated light stand.
1: In like, other words, a, a person, listed. an
2: assistant. <laughs> so and uh, just. Uh, to camera right, I've got a light stand in there and I've got a, a tiny softbox and it's up and slightly over Harley's head mm-hmm. and I've set the flash to actually be uh, at a stop greater than that,
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay? And so – and then – but I don't change anything. I still shoot at F4 at 1 one twenty fifth of a second. Yeah. Okay? So
1: he's on a skateboard so yep. – presumably he was moving, yep. so was the voice-activated nightstand. So this was a, like a,
2: a bit of a degree of difficulty in this yes, shot because yes. basically we had to work out, this is how I did it. He went back about five, five steps, mm-hmm. right, and, on the, and then he would take a run, no more actually, and then he would get on his um, skateboard and then I timed in my head from when he started to when he crossed the light, the count, I think it was one, two, three, Mm -hmm. that's when I fired because I had no way of telling otherwise. Right. Okay.
1: So the assistant didn't run along and try to.
2: No, no, because that, that's impossible. So we just kept him at the same spot and yeah. I had to make sure that it was like one, two, three, fire. So that's just another like, you know, I trying to juggle, like juggling on a roller coaster yeah. to do it. So just like just to keep me on my on my toes, that was like another degree of difficulty. Mm. You don't have to do it like that. It's maybe for the first few times, just keep modelling once. Yeah, spot. don't
1: put the model on a
2: skateboard. <laughs> just it would be a bit frustrating because it's mm. like, oh, I don't know if the lights – because – if he if I missed by one count and he was closer to the light it'll be a bit brighter and if he was back uh, like a stop a, a step it'd be a bit darker all right so yeah so that's that um so just have I run through the setup of, of how you actually put the set the whole lot up
1: what do you mean
2: so you've got the stand with the the um, speed light attached to the stand with the radio slave attached to the speed light and then the softbox. We ran through all that?
1: No, well, you've got a diagram here that you can Okay, so we,
2: we'll put that in the show notes as well that yeah. shows the whole setup because it makes it really easy as well and, and how it all fits together. So you can actually, the light stand's, you can get really good ones second, like really nice, beautiful. Look out for them secondhand because it's like they're just mechanical. There's nothing to them, so it's worth trying to get a sturdy one to have. And then you get like uh, other little attachments that will attach the speed light to the stand. Mm. And then you've got uh, like the various different kinds and you can see my softbox there in the photo which has got bits of gaffer and it's falling apart but it's still (laughs) – poor thing. But it's still doing the job and then you can see that there's a cable that connects to the uh, radio slave and back into the flash. Yep. yep. All right.
1: Got it. So basically you need – your your light stand, you need your speed light. Yep. You need your soft box if you want to use a soft box. Yep. You need a radio slave which attaches to the flash. Yep. Via the PC cord. Yep. Then you need an adapter to connect yep. your speed light to your light stand. Yep. So make sure you buy all these things so, and have a look in the show notes um, so you can see all of the moving parts. And you need the radio slave set to the same channel as the transmitter on the camera. So exactly. that basically all works.
2: And so they um, all talk to each other. Yep. And failing that, if you don't want to buy the radio slaves, you just get a, uh, a PC cord that runs from yep. one to the other and do it that way. And probably, you know, a good way to start, um, you know, without, before you have to invest well, it's thirty bucks. Well, to radio get the set. aren't that expensive, and they're not that expensive. And also,
1: they're they're super easy, really. Yeah. So, all you need to do is set it to make sure they're on. They're talking to the right channels, yeah. and they work. So, exactly. don't be afraid if they're not. If it's nothing. Not, it's just a little experiment.
2: Yes. Like at first, you go, "Oh my god, it's so many things," but it's really it's really dead simple. easy. Yeah. Really, easy. Um, the quickest way to determine how much light you're going to be throwing into the like into the portrait is to use a light meter, okay. But we're not—we don't all have light meters. So, like a good workaround to start with is that um, I suggest that you. So, if you get your flash and you set it to there's there's settings that you can have, and you can have manual through the lens or um, uh, TTL man, and and manual. Right, you set it to manual, okay. And uh, and then you start at a power setting of uh, one thirty-two, mm-hmm. 1 over 32, right? And then check, see what it looks like. And if it doesn't look right, go to one sixteenth, then to go one eighth power and then a quarter power, yep. okay, until you get the desired results. So it's just a bit of chimping here as well because <laughs> you're not using a light meter. Yep. So you just keep building up. So start really low and build up. Until you get the, the look that you want, mm-hmm. okay?
1: Okay, yep, great.
2: All right. So a few tips uh, to get your portraits better looking. So that so I've set for the for the portrait you see there, I've set the flash to the side. Yes. Okay, and that's given me like a, a nice light, lighting on the side and then there's fall off on the other side of his face so you get that nice shadow, yep. all right? So that's like a kind of a moody-looking light. If you want um, a, like a clean-looking beauty style of lighting, you can just go uh, like an, a, you shoot like a, a maybe a stop and a half over and, and bring the flash a bit closer so you get that full wrap around and shoot from more front on. So you flatten out the features a bit more and you're not going to get any of that modelling and that's sort of a better beauty light. Yeah. Okay? Um, if you want to soften the lighting a bit more, bring it closer, as close as you can, and use a larger light modifier. So remember, the larger the light source, the softer the light. The closer the light, the softer the light. So if you combine those two, big light source, close to the person, you're going to get really soft, soft light, lighting as well. Okay. If you want to have the lighting really close, because so this is it. So in this shot, like if I wanted to go wider, then I would have seen, um, you know, the light stand, the flash, and everything, and it wrecks your shot. How? What's the work around from that? Is a really, really good one, right? So what you do is, when you're in that situation, before you are taking, once you've got your ambient settings of what your background, and you're happy with how that looks, yep. take a shot of the whole scene without the light in there, okay? Take a couple of frames, then bring the light in Mm. and then shoot away and don't move Mm. your tripod and everything stay, but this is what you need to shoot this on tripod for it to work, okay? So mark off your tripod and make sure that you don't move where you're at, okay? So basically what you've then got is a plate of that whole area without the flash in it. And then when you get back uh, to, and you're working on the shot, you just in Photoshop, you actually combine the, the plate without the that flash in it with hack. the shot with the flash in it and combine it and then you just get your eraser and like you can line them up and rub out the area that had the flash in it and, and it's like it was never there.
1: Fantastic. So basically, yeah, if you're taking a wide shot and you have no choice but the light stand to be in there, shoot yep. it with the damn light stand in there, but yep. then shoot a separate shot without the light stand so that you yep. then yep. superimpose it in post. Yep. Great yep. hack. Yeah. Great hack. Love it.
2: Okay. Now um, and then, when you're lighting light from above, it's got to it's got to be a, like a similar like, like you, you're replicating like um, sunlight or daylight, right? And so. The light is never going to be from underneath. And if you shoot, if you have your lights too low, you get that – you remember those horror movies? What's that movie where they've got the torch under them? They're like, oh, am really scared.
1: <laughs> what was that one with the, the – Blair Witch the, Project. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> you get that look, you know, <laughs> where someone – if you shine a torch under someone and you want to scare them at night, that's how you do it. Okay. So like, it's, that's the least flattering light. So always make sure that the light is from above, yeah. okay? Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, like, you know, try and avoid, like, you know – if you're in a moody scene, keep your lighting moody because if you like just blast light everywhere, you kill the mood, yep. all right? Um, and then like other, other mistakes that people make is like the flash is just too far away to ever have an effect, okay? Um, this is something that like... At first, it just feels over. I remember when I first did it; it feels so overwhelming. But like you know, if you like that and you get a bit flustered when you're around people, and that's like too much, like get get the styrofoam head, get a Wayne or a cage. <laughs> And um set yourself up at home and just in the, you know, privacy of your own home, get a flash and just test it out and see what happens. And, and then Wayne like,
1: and Kate together.
2: Get Wayne and Kate together and then you can try two and then try the different diffusers and try and have a have a play. And when you're really confident that you've you know you've worked out a system it's like, I know if I shoot F F four at one thirty-two of a second and the, and the flash is like a metre away from my subject, this is what it looks like. You'll get an idea of what it looks like, you, you know. When you get good enough, you can almost guess. When you're confident with that, then that's when you bring in the pets, the wife, the husband. <laughs>
1: Real people. The, so the kids. So if, yeah. listeners, if there are new listeners who are wondering who in the world are Wayne and Kate, yep. basically – Gina has a styrofoam head called Wayne yep. and yep. I have one called Kate. Yeah. And um, we didn't even know that we had these things and we yep. named them independently, but yep. we use them yep. as stand-ins.
2: And they're gonna have a date soon. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna set them up and we're gonna they're gonna go out to dinner or <laughs> yeah. something. Okay. Photograph. We'll photograph it. It'll be it'll be a uh, artwork, album artwork yeah, from for one sure. of the future episodes for sure. We'll exhibit at <laughs> <Mona>. mm. <laughs>
1: Okay, all right, So Fantastic. yeah, that's it. Wow, okay, I love it. I love mm. it. I have to say I learnt heaps. Um, so thank you and I hope um, our listeners have learnt stuff as well that you yeah. can use immediately. I think that um, a lot of people are scared of Flash and uh, they're scared not only of the technical aspects of it but the so many moving parts. Yep. But um, we will put uh, the show notes up there and um, some of the – and, and links to any of the, um, uh, pieces of equipment that you've mentioned. But I think that one of the things is have a go because the beauty about flash is, and speed lights is they're not expensive. No, um, certainly not the ones that you, you've, you know, indicated to us in this podcast and the little accessories like the softboxes, the diffusers, they're, they're cheap. In fact, they're mm. not really not expensive, they're, you know, seven bucks, three bucks, um, and and if you are scared, you know, use the the synced cord. Mm. Um, but but really, the radio slaves are super easy and mm. not expensive as well. So I am definitely going to. Good. Have a go at this. Awesome. I'll be asking you lots more questions.
2: No, that's fine. And it's like, (laughs) you know, like it it takes time and sometimes it takes a few goes to get this. But if you have questions, just go into um, the Google Plus page and ask me. And it's like everyone's been amazing on that page. And it's like I love that everyone's now chatting with everyone there, Mm -hmm. which is great. So just – Come in and ask me and I'll, uh, I'll try and answer them as, so as, as best I can.
1: If you're on Google+, that is so you want to be a photographer on Google+. Mm. But also feel free to email Gina, yep. news at GinaMilicia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. But also it's time for hashtag Gina Challenge. Oh, what? What is it? Well, I think, of course, because we're talking about Flash, yep. th- our theme for this week is Flash. <laughs> now, you can you – can, Interpret that however you like. You can either shoot with a flash or you can, um, you know, do something else that's to do with flash. But hashtag Gina Challenge, the theme this week is flash. And it's been great to see so many people participating in hashtag Gina Challenge. I've just loved looking at the photos, but I've, more importantly, I've loved discovering other photographers and other people on Instagram. So if you do hashtag Gina Challenge, either upload it onto Instagram with that hashtag or uh, put it on the Google Plus page so that we can have a look at it.
2: Awesome.
1: But, you know, we want to thank everyone who has been listening for keeping us into featured sections in iTunes. We really appreciate um, your comments and your shout-outs on social media and uh, your feedback. We Mm. would really love it if you just take 30 seconds. If you have 30 seconds to leave us a review or a rating on yep. iTunes. That would really help us in the ratings. We love bringing this uh, podcast to you. It's great learning from Gina and <laughs> and being able to quiz her. Uh, so we're going to have um, more on Flash in a, in a later episode. Yeah. But uh, hopefully you got a lot out of this one. Now, what are you going to be doing this week until we speak again?
2: Oh, my God. I've got some massive shoots that I'm working on. So big, big, big. Big week, Val. Huge week. You and you're off overseas.
1: I'm off overseas at the end of the week, so still got a bit of time. I will be crossing my fingers and toes for that. um, My cat Rex (laughs) wins the um, photography competition. So
2: exciting! (laughs) Oh my god! Imagine.
1: We will see. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate it, and we'll chat to you next time.
0: Thanks, guys.